How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 34 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today we're going to be doing our first of four crossover episodes. Uh, today we have one of the hosts of Locked On Astros. His name is Eric Heisman. We worked together previously over at Fansided when I, uh, I was writing about a bunch of different teams, one of them being the Astros when they were fun to root for. Uh, they had not won anything yet, and uh, they had a bunch of young guys. George Springer came up, and that was fun. Mark Appel was a hotshot prospect, and uh, Carlos Correa hadn't debuted. So, you know, that point in history when things were good. Um, not much A's news to get into. We're still waiting to hear, uh, you know, if they're staying at spring training, leaving spring training, um, all that stuff. We have no new news on when the season is going to start. So uh, when that comes out, I will include that in one of these uh, intros to one of these team uh, crossovers. But uh, until then, we're doing this. So uh, hopefully you guys have fun. Uh, we have the Mariners one coming at you guys tomorrow, um, which would be Tuesday. Um, we've recorded that one tonight. It's a lot of fun. Um, this one is also a lot of fun. Make sure uh, to, if you have any questions about the Angels or Rangers, we have not recorded those ones yet. So uh Hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnA's or me personally at ByJasonB. You can also email us questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, so if you have any questions for any of those, uh, go ahead um, and send them our way. Um, the audio on this one, he recorded it, so it is from his computer. So it sounds like I'm on a telephone because I'm on a telephone. Um, so the audio will be a little bit different than usual, but it's just a minor thing. Um as I've mentioned before, my internet stinks, and uh, audio comes out choppy when I record stuff. So, oh well. Um, minor glitch. It still sounds good. It's just doesn't sound like I'm talking to no microphone. So that's all. Um, yeah, so we'll get into this episode. We'll have a little ad in the middle, and then uh, I'll, I'll kick us out here with the outro. So uh, here we go. Welcome to a special crossover event between the Locked On Astros and Locked On Athletics, A's, whatever you want to call yourself, podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Jason, where can I find you at? By Jason B for my personal accounts and Locked On A's for the show accounts. All right, so the purpose of this is to kind of preview the season series between the Athletics and the Astros, and it's kind of hard to do that considering we don't know how many times we're going to play each other because yeah. if, if this, I guess, delay goes in two months in, then instead of playing 19 times, we may even play only 10 or something. So that's something to consider, but we wanted to kind of look ahead towards the season. No matter what's going on in the baseball world and the real world, we want to kind of give you something else to kind of think about. So that's the biggest purpose for today. By the way, Jason, I always predict that the A's will finish in second place. Last year, a lot of people <laughs> made fun of me, especially after the Mariners started uh, so hot. And I'm like, just wait for it. Just wait for it. So how are the A's so good at winning? They, they just get a bunch of guys that are league average. And I know that that was something that the uh, the Astros did in 2015 when I was 
you know, writing with you over at uh, Climbing Tiles Hill. And they just had a bunch of average guys. And if you have a bunch of average guys on offense with, you know, obviously like your Matt Chapmans for the A's or Matt Olsons or, you know, your Springers and Correas and all that, you wind up having a pretty good offense. And then you have some guys that have like a four ERA. They're not going to shut everybody down, but with the offense, they do okay. All right. So some people are predicting that the A's will finish above the Astros. Not too many, but some people are. Uh, what are the biggest offseason additions by the A's to make them better? The A's didn't make offseason additions, Eric. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm trolling you. <laughs> they uh, they re-signed Jake Diekman, so I mean that's cool, I guess. <laughs> the, the big one, the big move was they traded Jerks and Profar to the, the Padres, so that might be actually a, an addition by subtraction. We'll see because he couldn't throw the ball really well. He hit you know some home runs, but his batting average is crappy. Didn't really get on base. Yeah, I, we're gonna see how second base shakes out they got four guys vying for second base right now and now we have even longer to see how that's going to play out uh, they got a catcher austin allen who is looking like the probable backup to uh sean murphy behind the dish and uh he's a bat first catcher so the projections say that if you played you know a full slate of games he could hit like 35 homers so we'll see on that and then is that the sean other murphy? guy in that back i uh, know that would be uh austin allen okay sean murphy is a defense first guy he, he's got a bat too so he's like a, a combination of the two guys that are vying for the backup spot so we'll see if they want to go defense first with jonah hyam or offense first with uh austin allen and go from there i know that last year you uh, had to deal a lot without frankie montas but is he back and healthy uh he had he was suspended 80 games for peds oh okay um yeah I'm trolling you so again he's, yeah he's doing all right he's looked good in the spring he hasn't allowed an earned run and i know that you know spring stats are meaningless and all that everybody's projecting him to do really well like all the fantasy columns are like oh no he's a breakout guy watch out for him so if he's as good as he was or you know even similar because i think he had like a 293 era last year if he winds up with like a 330 or a 350 that ain't bad for right. the guy that's not at the top of your rotation what about uh lazardo is he gonna be a top of the rotation guy or is he gonna face some any limits in 2020 my, my assumption is that he's gonna do like 150 165 innings which may actually work out in the A's favor right now, where they could just throw him as much as they want to if there's going to be a shortened schedule. I, I figured that they might, you know, put him on the IL with like a phantom injury to, you know, give him a couple weeks off or something like that. Right now, it looks like they're just going to let him roll and he has top the rotation stuff. He is electric. He gets everybody excited whenever he pitches. I mean, he's going to have to, you know, adjust to the league, obviously, and they're going to adjust to him. And it'll be interesting to see how his season goes. But he has the potential to be really, really, really good. Well, I guess the way this is going, we need to just do the A's this segment, the next next segment, we'll talk about the Astros. But because this is the Locked on Astros podcast, we got to talk about Mike Fires. What is your take <laughs> on him actually wanting to face the Astros? Is that a good thing for baseball? Does that mean everybody's going to be tuning in to that one game? I think that everybody would watch the first couple of innings to see if any fireworks happen for sure. I know that this is probably not the place to say it, but I'm okay with what Mike Fires did. Please uh, forget my Twitter handle and all that stuff. Um, I think that it's a good thing for baseball that, you know, you have a, a whistleblower or, you know, a thief and a cheats, if you want to call them that, 
it's good to get it cleaned up and you know i'm fine with most of the i like i'm not clamoring for the title to be taken away or anything like that that would just be silly couple of suspensions sure mike fires i think did the right thing and i applaud him for it i'm interested to see how badly the astros beat him up for it when they face him because i don't think that they're going to be ducking that the a's would duck putting mike fires against the astros at all they might just try to make him face him in oakland but uh we we shall see but you know what else is weird Chris Davis struggling. This is a guy who's always had a 240, what, 245 batting average with like 40 homers. And last year, he just went downhill. What's the outlook for him? Uh, well, he ran into a wall in Pittsburgh last year in May, and he'd been doing okay up until that. Then, you know, I think that he was hurt a little bit and he, uh, it just got in his head and his timing got off and all that stuff. We will see how that goes, but he looks. Like he's hungry to prove that, you know, he hasn't been a fluke and that he's still got it and all that stuff. Uh, the A's are still paying him money. Obviously, uh, they would like it to work out, too. But, I mean, if he can hit 247 again with, like, 35 homers, it'd be a slight dip in production. But, you know, I, I would take it. If he isn't cutting it, I think that they would think about cutting his playing time a little bit this year as opposed to last year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because they've got some guys that can hit in the minors. Well, when we both were on at Climbing Towels Hill, I interviewed A.J. Hinch uh, as part of a uh, Astros roundtable. And one of the things he said is got, we got to teach George Springer how not to you know how to run into walls. And uh, I guess you all need to do that, too, with Chris Davis. Yeah, definitely. Your team is very interesting. I know that they seem to they're kind of like the uh, office, uh, you know, that show They're They're not a bunch of superstars, but they seem to find a way. But you all do have a superstar right now in uh, Marcus Simeon. And I know I think he finished, what, third or fourth in MVP votes. So that's pretty impressive considering the names I was on this list. So when we get back, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Astros. And then we'll kind of compare the two teams. You've been listening to the special crossover event between the Locked On Astros and Locked On A's podcast. Welcome back to the crossover event between the Locked On Astros and Locked On A's podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Jason, where can I find you at? Uh, I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, uh, and the show is Locked On A's on Twitter. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they're still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you have to have your phone on you. But with Withings Body Plus, you get your full weight, body composition, uh, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's withings.com slash MLB to get 25% off 
a body plus body composition scale. You can also find him on the bottom of my uh, standings in both my fantasy leagues that he's in. So uh, <laughs> Jason and I have known each other for a while. He used to be my boss over at Fansided. Then uh, he left and then I became the boss. And then I left. So let's go ahead and go on to the Astro side of things. Are there any pressing questions? I, I think the Astro side, everything's out there. So do you have any pressing questions? I mean, the big one is obviously the cheating scandal, but I'm not going to go with the general thing. But like, how are you doing with all of that? I, I've listened to you know some of the shows and all that, and you seem to be fairly level headed and whatnot. But uh, how, how are you holding up there, Eric? Well, it just sucks. And a lot of people ask me that. And I've, I was on this um, Arkansas radio station. I don't know how they found me, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're trying to get me to get all mad and emotional. I'm like, no, I'm not. The Astros cheated. I knew that they cheated before the whole thing came out. And I even had a Subway guy, a guy who I I was buying a sandwich at Subway, basically tell me the whole story, like in December. So I knew about basically everything. And I guess I, I was expecting it. So I knew that it was coming. I do remember vaguely, vaguely hearing uh, trash can bangs during a game. I like you don't really register what's going on. But it just sucks. Do I think they need to take the championship away? No. Do they need to take the rings away? No. Do they need to suspend the players? They can't suspend them because the commissioner, a lot of people don't know this, but before the investigation started, the commissioner said, look, we want you to tell us the truth. If you tell us the truth, we will not punish you. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got half the dirt they did. But yeah, it's it's probably going to get a lot more skeletons out of the closet. We already saw the Red Sox come out. And, and Chris Davis said that there's a lot more that no, Chris Bryant, not Chris Davis, but uh, Chris Bryant said that there's a lot more teams that are cheating. The Astros are only ones that just got caught with their pants down. And there's nothing we could do at this point. All we could do is look forward to 2020. That doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. So <laughs> it, it's very frustrating because all we've been waiting for all offseason is for some sense of, okay, let's get back to normalcy. Let's play baseball. Let's put this aside. I know teams are not going to let us, but at the same time, uh, I just want to see baseball played. And the best way to regain the faith of the national audience is by winning another world series in 2020 oh for sure i mean that would be one way to definitely silence everybody or it might bring out the pitchforks even more like they're doing it again how are they doing it but i'd be more apt to believe them for sure all right so the, the other big news coming out of spring training with the astros is uh the injury to justin verlander what's his time frame looking like right now i've seen varying reports I don't think they really know because this is the same thing that kept them out till June and I think it was 2015. So mm -hmm. this is something that is serious, but at the same time, it he said it didn't hurt as much. It was something minor. But so I don't think it's going to keep them out of game action. Now, if the season starts in on April 9th, uh, maybe. But if this goes all on into May or June, then yeah, he definitely has a chance to start opening day. As Dusty Baker said, this is going to actually help the Astros down the road because a win in March doesn't really mean, mean as much as a win in October. So we kind of saw Justin Verlander kind of hit a wall, not the same wall that Chris Davis did, but uh, some type of wall in the playoffs, and he wasn't quite as effective. So we don't really have a timetable, especially with everything that's going on. It's not really that important at the moment. But with the time that baseball is going to be out of action, 
I think he'll have a chance to uh, recover and then get back. Who are some of the depth options that are going behind him? Because Granky's at the top of the rotation now, and then you got McCullers and Urquidy, and there was one more guy that I'm forgetting. Josh James. Oh, Josh James. And then uh, I've been seeing Austin Fruitt's name floated around a little bit. And then, like, who else should we be on the lookout for as potential fill-ins for Verlander? Well, Brian Abreu is one guy that you can kind of look at, not necessarily for the rotation spot, but he would be dynamic in that rotation spot. But he can throw heat. He can throw up in the upper 90s. He's got great off-speed pitches. And uh, in spring training, uh, he had, like, in five and two-thirds innings, he had, like, 14 strikeouts so far. So he was really impressing Dusty Baker, but at the same time, I don't. I think they see him as a reliever for this year. Maybe next year, go ahead and put him in the rotation, kind of like they did this year with Josh James. Josh James is kind of the unknown at this point. He's he was a good reliever, but he struggled with command at times, and just sometimes he's a little hittable. But uh, he's used to being starter, so we'll see how that does. But the other guy is somebody that a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence in. That's Framer Valdez. Um, he is a left-handed pitcher with some of the wickedest stuff you'll ever see, but he has no control of it. And I think Mike Trout even said that he's one. he's got some of the best stuff in baseball. But the thing is, he can't control it. But this year, offseason, he had a baby. He seems a lot more... Well, not him, but his wife had a baby. I know you're going to say something, but <laughs> uh, but he's a little bit more mature. I think you're going to see a different from Valdez. I know Roster Resources predicts him to be the fifth starter. So does a lot of Astros media people. But he's going to have a very, very short hook. Austin Pruitt could be as good as Charlie Morton was, minus the strikeouts. He's not going to be the same type of uh, impact arm, but he's going to – He's, he knows how to pitch, and he knows how to get batters out. So is Forrest Whitley just gone, or are we just not expecting anything from him after last year? Well, it's funny that he said every offseason he's really tried hard during the offseason, and he really overworked. And this season he's like, oh, I'm just going to go in and nonchalant it. Because I know I'm not going to be in that rotation. They want me to go down triple A. And, and so, But he's, he's pitching better this spring. He, his numbers don't show it. Uh, he's still battling command, and that's something that he struggled with last year in AAA. He did have much better results in the Arizona Fall League. think this guy just needs a reset, and he needs a mental reset. Go back to AAA and try to figure things out because I don't want this guy to be another Mark Appel. Uh, Mark Appel, uh, unfortunately, sometimes these prospects come and go, and sometimes they're not good, a.k.a. John Singleton. I think Whitley has the stuff to uh, be successful. It just he's got to figure out how to pitch. So in your opinion, um, are there any breakout stars that could be on the horizon in 2020 for the Astros, a la like a Jordan Alvarez or something like that? Not like rookies. The only one I could think of is Abraham Toro. If uh, there's a big injury to either Yuli or maybe Alex Bregman or Carlos Cray or something where they he gets more playing time. But outside of injury, I don't. We don't have the same top prospects that were there even when you're writing about the Astros back in 2015. Yeah. It's just not the same farm system. This has uh, been depleted by trades. Uh, they've gone to World Series two out of three years, so it's not going to be the same. And we don't have that Alvarez out there. The only guy that we have out there is Kyle Tucker, and Kyle Tucker could come in and take that job away from Josh Reddick. 
make Josh Reddick the fourth outfielder. The Astros could try to trade him. But Kyle Tucker has all the potential in the world. He's just got to put it together. And one thing that you, you'll probably laugh about this, but the first few times that Kyle Tucker came up, he was so serious and he just didn't play good baseball. But last year he was giggling and just being part of the team. And he kind of learned how to get comfortable. And so the question is, why so serious? Kyle <laughs> All right. uh, speaking of serious things, I, I have one more question for you. How worried are you about the A's right now? Um, like, or do you think, feel like they're close or do they have a, a ways to go? I think the Astros are going to definitely take a step back. They're not going to win 107 games, especially if we don't. We only play 144 games. That would be pretty <laughs> impressive. But I think that the Astros will take a step back. If we're playing a full season, I, I've been predicting 95 to 97 wins. I think the A's are capable between 90 to 93 wins. So I think it's going to be a more close race this year. I think the A's just always seem to play good down the stretch. So we'll have to see. I think a lot's going to depend on Chris Davis. Can Marcus Simeon duplicate what he did last year? And can Ramon Laureano kind of just get better? Because he's a good talent. Same time, I don't think we've seen seen him reach his full potential. But yeah. the Astros, they, they, they're going to have the tendency to overswing this year. The Gomez swing, if you remember from Carlos Gomez's experiment with the Astros. But guys I'm worried about is... George Springer, because he is in a contract year. Uh, he's going to want to prove that he did not use a trash can or he did not need the trash can. So he may be, uh, I'm, you remember when he came up, he was kind of really strikeout happy. I hope he doesn't revert to oh, that yeah. form and we'll have to see how Alex Bregman does. But there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Astros this year, but they still have one of the second best team in baseball. So it's going to be a challenge, but at the same time, I think the A's are the team in the American League, depending on how healthy the Angels stay. All right, so I guess that's all we got. Um, pretty good job. Um, any final thoughts between the matchup? I, I, it's going to be so close. I think that it could come down to who stays healthier because it, it'll be a matter of depth and all that stuff, and both teams got that. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. So uh, which team besides the Astros are you the most worried about in 2020? Say the Mariners, say the Mariners, say the Mariners. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees are the obvious one. The The Rays are always scary. I'm going to go with the Rays because I also like the Rays. So uh, they're, they're a scary one. And if both the A's and Rays end up in the wild card game, don't want to see that. So, All right, guys, that's all we got for tonight's crossover event. We'll definitely do this again before the first series uh, of 2020 when the A's are going to get swept by the Astros. But <laughs> guys, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at EricTalkStros. You can find the show at Locked on Astros. Where can I find you again, Jason? I am at by Jason B or the show is at Locked on A's. And we talk about the Astros all year round. And that's what Jason does too on the A's podcast with all the cheating scandal. So, <laughs> all right, guys, that's all we got. We'll talk to you tomorrow. As Eric said, that is all we've got. So uh, go out there and celebrate Good Times Oakland, and we will talk to you tomorrow with DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners. <laughs> <laughs>